This is iUniverse Radio, brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is your opportunity to hear firsthand from authors about their new books. It's an in-depth discussion about the author's passion about the development of his or her story in their own words. It's an inside look into the characters and the plot and how the story all came together. Here is iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for iUniverse. This is J. Douglas Barker. Provocative title, Finishing School for Women. And you'd think this is written, written by a, a lady author, but it's not. It's written by male author who joins me from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Roman Plastiche. Welcome, sir, to the program. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. This is interesting from several viewpoints. Uh, first of all, interesting that a gentleman would step in and take on a topic that may be controversial. Finishing school for women implies that women need a little bit of hints and need some help when it comes to relationships. How did this book get written? What was your motivation behind it? Well, actually, motivation was when I broke up with my girlfriend a few years, and uh, it was just a weird dream that I had that night, which was black and white, and I was being black. It was just one of those things when you just kind of go, wow. And then uh, I just started thinking about it. I always had a thing for, you know, about analyzing people just, just for fun and thinking. And I started thinking, like, why do why do I do this? Why do I hurt her and myself? And why do men do this? And, you know, I started analyzing my own actions and I started writing them down. And once I started writing it down, but just, things just started coming out. And and I thought, you know what, this might actually be a beneficiary to some couples and special women to, to realize how the really men think and, and behave, you know, to give them some tools and, 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 and knowledge of how to better handle their own man, right? Right, and so you're, you're... Their own relationship. Yes, your book then is is directed towards guys and women then, even though it's called a finishing school for women. Yes, but it's it's, it's a mostly a manual for women. You know, and, and once the women start applying these techniques, you know, men will get in line. <laughs> we just we just usually we are usually good in convincing our women that they need us more than we need them. Yes. But most of the time that's not the case. You have uh, chapters and uh, and ideas that you have uh, talked about in your book. The first area is understanding yourself and what you are looking for, and that's uh, when a woman is looking for a man, I guess, and then creating an environment for the right man. What did you discover about online dating and other aspects of dating for a single woman? Well, the most important thing for women is that they need to be approachable. Because for men, it's very hard to approach women in public places and just, you know, come up and say, hi, how are you? You know, we feel weird. We don't want to be rejected. And, and you know, a little smile, a little look goes a long way. gives a lot of encouragement. So you need, women need to be approachable when they're out. I would always compare to shopping. How many times women will go shop for jeans and they 
come with a you know a sweater and a nice oh you know it was on sale I noticed it mm-hmm. yeah I noticed it because you looked around right. but when you walk into the zone shop see although you don't see anybody trying to pay attention to you you're just very focused on that coffee so being approachable being open to situations you know going for a meet or two doesn't mean anything you're just open to open to new 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 things that's that, that's the main thing I would say for women to be. And for a guy, it, it you know, men are very, uh, I guess, first impression oriented. If they think someone is attractive, what they call attractive, then they, they immediately are uh, drawn to them. Is there a way to get beyond being superficial in the dating relationship, either men or women? Yeah, well, you know, I'm not a, one of those what they call those uh, uh, pickup artists because I, I really don't believe in that. Good luck to them, and you know there's techniques, and you can learn those from them where you can impress the women and get them to whatever either date you or take them to bed or anything. Uh, but uh, I believe more is you know you just come up open and simple because trying to impress women for a long time, well, just simple way, easy way. If she if she doesn't expect it, hey, that's okay. There is another woman. And another approach, and you know, if what I would say, I would say, quantity will bring quality. It doesn't mean you know you have to have sexual relationships with, but go for a date, see, talk, find the interest, and especially when you're on the date, please don't talk business. Mm. Just talk about things that you'd like to do. Like, what would you do if you're financially independent? Then you see the real character. Then you see what the people would do with their, all that free time. Then you see what they really enjoy. You know, Leave the business out. Leave the family out. Leave the, your ex-girlfriend. Nobody wants to be compared to a girlfriend. Leave those things out. Just talk about the hobbies and pleasures in your life. And that, that, that will show a lot of a character. You know, How would you spend $50 million if you wanted a lot of That will show a lot of character and a lot of things about you. Those are some good ideas. Uh, now, for uh, the people who will read your books, uh, is this something that a teenager would in, would would benefit from, or is this for an older lady, a young lady, maybe in her twenties or thirties, that might be in the dating field? Yes, I would say more the the women that are, have a little bit of experience and they just don't fall crazy, you know, teenager love. Women in their mid twenties and up to the, you know, up to their seventies, eighties. There is things that we can, that women can use about themselves to to to, to make their lives better and, and 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 to enjoy more of things they do and you know to stand up to their to their man and say you know what there is it's my time too I want to enjoy life I'm not just here to serve you so I would say yes women from their you know mid twenties and up you know, let let teenagers go to there. Yes, you have you have a chapter that you titled, which I think I understand what you might be approaching, but you have it titled "You Can Look but Don't Touch." That's uh, on page one hundred and fifteen. What is the the idea yes. that you have there? Well, it's uh, you know we we have explanations for many things we do. It's like uh, you know no big deal, or uh, and even women to say to look at another woman, you know, as long as you not. You know, check out another guy, and she would say, you know, if I wasn't with you, that's the kind of man I would go for. Hmm. You know, most of us would look like, if you care for that woman, we would not be very happy. Look not that means, yeah, I'm looking, 
looking because there's nothing else I can do. So I was in in a different city, and there was no way that nobody would ever find out, and no way that my wife would find out and take half of everything I have through the divorce. Yeah, I'd be doing more than just looking. So things like that, I don't, I, you know, they're not as as as, as simple as this. Well, Roman, how long did it take you to assemble all of your ideas and your concepts and put them into writing? Well, it, you know what? Once I had, once I had my names of my chapters, and I just, it's pretty much everything in the true story about somebody, somebody out of my life, and I'm coming from the core, you know, manipulating what a man is supposed to be a man and a woman is supposed to be a woman, but not in a really primitive. It's been kind of a, a, a the things really flew, like. You hear singers, not a mood and not a, any any artistic soul, but this is something that I lived through. I, it is the way of life for me, people I socialize with, and it just it just flew. It took me it took me a, a few maybe three four months to a while to get it get it published from there. Uh, are there any characters that you have uh, written about in your book? They may be fictitious, but may be drawn from real life. I, I noticed that you have a Steve and a Sasha. Are those uh, real people, or what is their story? Oh, absolutely. Every one of them. The only the names are changed. Only the names have been changed, and I know the people I'm talking about will recognize themselves. Anyway. So I use the sample for it was before their time. But all these characters in the book, besides the names, are true. Some of even my own. At 152 pages. Why is your book different from other books that deal with dating and uh, male-female relationships? Well, I think I'm very direct. Okay, I'm very straightforward. I'm not trying to appeal to my audience. I'm not there to be your best friend, to be your shoulder to cry on. You know, I'm not full of compassion and understanding. You know, nobody can do it for you. You have to be in that in that frame of mind where you want to make a change. Because staying in a bad relationship or breaking a bad habit, you know, stop repeating the bad choices. It's like any bad bad, uh, bad uh, addiction you can have, alcohol, cigarettes, or anything else. You know, you have to make the decision to change it because nobody can do it for you. What I'm doing is providing you with the tools and and how to do it, you know, and Taking away that fear of what can it be, what's going to happen if I stay alone and, you know, and trying to make you realize that, yes, you do deserve better. So what to look for and what to do so you don't fall into that same predicament again, okay? And I didn't try, I don't want to overload this book with, a, you know, some repetitions and, and, and doing the same, same samples over and over, but I did repeat Quite a few times, things that I found important, like be ready to walk away, okay? When you do have a power, you know? So I, I see mine as a simple, ma- simple manual, what you need to know and what you need to do. The title of the book is Finishing School for Women. Women must take charge. Love with your heart. Rule with your mind. Learn how to manipulate so you don't be manipulated. And our author, Roman Pastiche. Sir, are you planning a second book or follow-up book to this one? You know what? I just I said what I had to say, but we see what future brings. 
you, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for writing this book and for sharing your story. Uh, where do we get copies of your book, Roman? just came out about a month ago, so I don't think it's in any store right now, but through iUniverse online and uh, through the Amazon and think on all the other electronic Electronic media, yes, and they can request it at their local bookstore if they want to look for Finishing School for Women. That's a bold title and uh, certainly a bold, um, I guess, and a courageous bit of writing for a guy to take on. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me on. For iUniverse, this is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Thoughts for a New Perspective. And the author is Kurt Jordan, and Kurt joins us now on iUniverse Radio. Hello, Kurt. Hello there, Steve. Well, quite a goal, a driving force, I imagine, in within you. You have this desire to expand human consciousness, and you talk about initiating a transformative conversation, one thought of, at a time. So your book is literally filled with one thought at a time. Absolutely, and that's what makes it uh, a very easy and what I consider an interesting read. Uh, there's not a storyline and a plot and different things that you find in different books, but it's just uh, approaching one thought at a time, and from that thought, you can see how that resonates within your being. Uh, everybody is uh, vibrating or resonating their own thoughts, and so how that thought resonates with you it's going to depend on where that person is uh, in their own vibration as far as uh, what their perspectives have been or may choose to have different perspectives upon reading that thought. So it's a guidebook to help us to a new way of thinking. Absolutely. It really seems to be take time out for a moment read a thought it could be one sentence or it could be a short paragraph but and just let it sink in just kind of let your mind wander as it ponders these words yes it's just like um there's many different spices in life and they say variety is the spice of life very many dishes in uh, the culinary field and when you taste a different uh food a different fruit a different spice uh it 
begins to cause something within you to ex- have a different experience. So each thought has the capacity for the person that's reading it to experience a different thought because each person is so different they may read one thought and that may actually uh, initiate a new thought in their consciousness and that's what I find very very uh, refreshing about the book because each person's thoughts is the most private part of a person is their thoughts not not whether they have them on their underwear or not but what's in the thought is what's the most private part of any person so that's how the book is basically set up for if you have a very intimate conversation with inside themselves based on what they read in the book. Before we have you share some of these thoughts, tell us a little bit about your background and how this book came about. Well, for myself, I've been in uh, self-improvement and spiritual development for most of my life. I'd say at least for the past uh, nearly 30 plus years and I've always been a thinker I've always been a person who observes the world uh, I found for a while there I didn't realize that as I observed the world I was more judging the world than through the observation and then I got to a place where I realized that the judgment was useless to just observe the world and learn from the world um, and to begin to use these perspectives to give myself a change or transformation within myself. Uh, I'd say also that the Spirit of God has been very uh, instrumental in my life in helping me to see these things from different perspectives. Uh, The Holy Spirit is very capable of seeing things in multiple perspectives and uh, many, of, many of the thoughts I feel have been shared through that spirit. So are we yeah. both both human and divine? A matter of fact, we are. Um, the human part is the part of us, obviously, that has the five senses. Uh, we can taste, hear, smell, see, touch, and um, and all of that. And the spiritual part is the invisible part, or the soul, the spiritual part of us. The part that uh, never does die, the part which leaves the physical body uh, if it does uh, succumb to death. And that's the part of us that's eternal. That's the part of us that is always connected to the source or the divine creator. Um, Religions oftentimes uh, try to let us know about that. But the average person, I would say, is pretty much in the realm of just the five senses and uh, they only identify maybe with the human part of themselves and that's what the media, society education uh, all focuses on just that human part of ourselves. that's not the greater part that's not the greater part of who we truly are so in Thoughts for a New Perspective uh, in the chapter of uh, God also in spirit and I also deal with it in love Uh, I explore different thoughts to begin to uh, help a person explore that deeper part of themselves at least to examine themselves and see if they are more than what they think they were Uh, it's an invitation to personal freedom 
and begin to explore something beyond just the physical. Yeah, that's it. So you can open your book to any place and literally have the opportunity to change your whole perspective on things. Exactly. It's um, the type of book where you're not confined to any one place. You can start in the middle. You can start a quarter into it. You can start at the beginning. You can start at the end and go backwards. Uh, it's open to the person. It's completely free. Uh, free thought offered to start wherever you would like to. And that's a lot of books I don't think really offer that because of the way they're constructed. And that's not saying that that's, uh, you know, a bad thing. Each book is different. But this book allows you that uh, option. You can just start at any chapter uh, in the book. And I have it laid out in in seven different chapters. Uh, if you're interested in uh, thoughts about God, different type of thoughts. Or if you have questions, questions I've asked, some have answers and some are just questions to see what it causes the person to come up with for themselves to stir up their pure mind. Uh, relationships, we all are in relationships, whether we are married or single or or not. We have a relationship with ourselves, we have a relationship with our environment, and we often have a relationship with each other, um, whether it's a committed relationship or not. We, we're always in a relationship. And then there's wisdom, uh, and then there's love and spirit. And in the last chapter I call Contemporary, which is basically a compilation of of uh, thoughts that may not necessarily fall into the other uh, chapters, but more of a um, wide-open area, uh, more, more like a miscellaneous place for multitude of different thoughts. Uh, I think a person that would pick up this book would find, you, you will find yourself and you'll find others in this book. And then what you choose to do with those thoughts and those new perspectives, uh, that's what I believe is the most important part because that's where the part comes in where a person is able to begin to make changes in themselves as they approach the world. And that's where you can begin to transform the way you relate to the world and the people in the world and your place in the world. For example, everyone, I opened his book, Kurt's book, uh, in this chapter about God, and here's just a thought to, to allow you to really ponder who you are. It says, if you don't believe in God, God believes in you, so you might as well give up your unbelief. <laughs> I love it. And that's, yeah, that, that's very true, because you have people that, uh, they call themselves atheists, and so these are people who absolutely, you know, to me, they're unable to grasp the existence of anything non-physical. And uh, so they're in the rejection mode with inside themselves. And so that thought is designed to help a person uh, to dismantle their defense against a creator. Uh, and it allows uh, people otherwise that may read that realize there's no reason to attack such people because the creator believes in in the people because he's the one that created the people and there's nothing that humanity has made whether it's a piece of uh, computer a home a car that a, a creator was not involved 
because we are co-creators because we come from God that's why we are the one being on the earth who continues to create masterfully and our ingenuity our ideas are constantly forming and humanity continues to move forward while the rest of the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom and the other uh, life on earth basically remains about the same you know I mean a robin makes a nest 3,000 years ago the same way it makes the nest today it's maxed out but humanity has not yet come to the place where we have come uh, within ourselves to realize that we are more than just human and what we're experiencing in our creative faculty is that divine part that we got from our creator which is one with our creator and uh, it's constantly propelling us forward and only God knows where we're going to end up we do have some challenges we do have a lot of problems on earth that we have created but uh, just as we have created them we can I'm going to use this word loosely we can uncreate them if we have better perspectives and new thoughts to approach these things with well here's another one I just opened it up to the chapter titled Wisdom, Never Miss a Chance to Build Your Character. You are the master architect, for there is nothing greater in life to build. Absolutely. And uh, what we find, I also like to say with that, that, uh, you know, we can build a character, build your character, don't be a character. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what we see so much in uh, television today. There is very little character in much of the television entertainment. I realize it's just entertainment. I'm not judging it. Um, but the need to build the character uh, is really not on display very much. I feel it's more of everybody's a character. Everything's a big laugh. It's all a big joke. And, uh, you know, I'm all great for humor. I'm a very funny person myself. find humor in all type of things. But yeah, I do feel that character is very important to build. Absolutely. Here's a thought under the chapter titled Love. See how many people you love today by starting with the person in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right, Steve. Um, before we can love others, we have to face the person who's looking back at us. And if we have self-hatred for ourselves, we're not going to have any love for anyone else. We might try to put on a display, but it's not going to hold any water. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very important. There's so many times you look in the mirror, you shave, you put on lipstick or whatever, male, female, whatever people do to make themselves go out into the world. And never even really saw who you were looking at. It's just a quick in and out and never really stop to say good morning or how do you feel this morning or I love you Uh, so we're sometimes even disconnected from myself with love and uh, so what I'm encouraging in Thoughts for a New Perspective is to return to love within yourself and then you'll be able to have love out towards the other 7 billion brothers and sisters we have out here big family so how many thoughts have you shared with us? Thoughts for a new perspective. How many in this book? There are over 800 in this book. And 
thoughts are still downloading into my consciousness, uh, are being uploaded from within my spirit. Uh, but within this writing, there's over 800 different perspectives. And that's more than enough to give a person uh, a new perspective. Yes. And the ultimate goal to find peace and contentment in everyday life. Is that a question or comment? Comment. Yes. Just that's yeah. the ultimate goal that you have for everyone. It is because most of us are lacking peace from the inside out. And um, the more at peace we are within ourselves, as we view the world, the more peace for vibration we're going to send out into the world, whether it's at our workplace, whether it's in the, uh, the grocery store, whether it's with our family, friends, or even around strangers. Uh, we all are emanating a certain energy. We're all emanating, I say energy, a vibration, a frequency. And sometimes people say, hey, I'm picking up bad vibes from this person. person hasn't said a word. That's really what they're saying is that I feel this person's energy. Uh, or they say, whenever I'm around this person, I really feel good. You know, I don't know what it is about them, but I just feel great. Well, mm -hmm. that person is emanating uh, from their soul or their spirit or their consciousness an energy that is uplifting. And people respond to that uh, as, and they call it favorable. We've been listening to Kurt Jordan, author of his book, Thoughts for a New Perspective. Kurt is opening our minds to a new way of thinking and literally to find this new perspective on life, especially in this very confusing and stressful world we live in. I know that you will find a thought that will generate more thinking that could lead to peace if you focus on that. That sounds like what you're saying to us. It is. It is, Steve. And it can even open up thoughts and a new perspective that even I haven't thought of because each person is different. Each person, uh, I sort of can relate it to a mountain. Uh, the higher the altitude you go, the greater the view. And uh, if I'm on the north side of the mountain and you're on the south side of the mountain, we can argue all day over the telephone about the view or the perspective that we have. But it's just simply that we're on opposite sides of the same mountain. However, if we both reach the very summit, we will agree that we both were absolutely right. No one was wrong, and we have peace because we have understanding. And uh, that's always been one of the greatest uh, scriptures in the Bible. It says, in all that getting, get understanding. And it's the misunderstanding, how we actually miss the understanding that creates the uh, conflict within ourselves and within our relationships in the world in general. So the higher we come in our consciousness uh, and reach those those high places, the summit, uh, we'll find that we have more in agreement than we do to disagree with. Because at the highest, we have the best view to the surrounding landscape, and we have something to talk about in common rather than to find out what we don't have in common. Kurt, what's the best way to get your book, Thoughts for a New Perspective? Well, it's available right now on Amazon.com and also from BarnesandNoble.com or it can also be uh, purchased from the uh, publisher iUniverse and of course I have my own copies uh, that I've been 
telling to individuals uh, that have expressed interest in my writings. And so I do have a Facebook page uh, working on that. I have a telephone number. If I get a telephone number, that's fine, too. Sure. Yeah, my phone number is 260-348-3694. Kurt Jordan, that's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'd be glad to hear from you. Uh, or if you brother would uh, choose to go by email, my email address is k r t j r d n at yahoo.com. It's basically Kurt Jordan. Just remove all the vowels, and that's my email. I'll be glad to hear from anyone. Have questions, comments, likes, dislikes, uh, I'm open. Thank you so much, Kurt, for joining us on iUniverse Radio. Thank you, Steve. You're listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for iUniverse. This is J. Douglas Barker. A memoir has been written by Dr. Edward A. Nichols, titled Fade to White. And I welcome Dr. Nichols from the New York City area of the United States to the program. Welcome, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Your story is uh, one that is uh, fascinating and interesting to read, but why did you write and uh, write your story or tell your tale and uh, share your history? Well, it began with uh, talking to my daughters. My daughters um, are the product of a mixed marriage between my wife and I, and uh, they were concerned about their race or what racial designation they had. And it, it made me think about um, so many things because I was confused about the things uh, in my past, and I wanted to make sure um, certain of these historical facts. And so that led me on a, a big search. And it was a search for my father, who left the family when I was eight years old. And he left, that was in the, in the 1940s that your, your dad uh, yes. left the family. Yes. What did you discover that perhaps uh, startled you or maybe even inspired you? Well, what, what inspired me was when I thought about how uh, I became, quote, fatherless, end quote. Uh, my father had come back from uh, military service, and uh, he had uh, a medal because his, uh, he was 
his ship was sunk in the South Pacific. And he came home, and um, we had this big celebration in my school in PS78 in the Bronx. And then uh, shortly after that, the next few days, I heard an argument with uh, my uh, mother, and they were in the bedroom. And I went to find out what was going on, and they had a big, loud argument. And I came in there, and my mother was on the floor of the bed and this was a very big moment in my life and because the next day my father left and i never saw him again in my life did you discover anything about his leaving at least uh his future life following the, the leaving the family did, not at all nothing not at all i never hmm. found out or i didn't find out until 20 years ago but i had searched for my father all of my life in, in many ways, in many forms. And finally, in uh, 1995, um, I found a clue. Oh, my brother and I found a clue to where he could be. Your education, was it all stateside, or did you also have educational experiences in Europe? Yes, I went to medical school in Europe when I was 20 years old. Uh, I first started in Mainz in Germany, but after a year I went to Basel, University in Switzerland. That is a remarkable journey, considering the challenges you must have faced as a young adult and a young child going through the education system. What was the inspiration behind that? Who was your motivating force? Well, uh, I w- when I uh, tried to get into medical school uh, here in the States, I uh, was 18 years old, and uh, being uh, a black American, African-American, I naturally wanted to go or look at Howard University. And I went to Howard University and was a guest of uh, Margaret uh, Butcher, who was a professor there, and uh, her daughter, who I knew from school, from Sarah Lawrence. And she told me, you would never get into medical school here because they wouldn't allow you to be uh, so young going to medical school. So I went home a little disappointed, but I spoke to another girlfriend's uh, father who was uh, John Mosley, Dr. John Mosley, at Mount Sinai in radiology. Uh, and he told me, he said, Ed, you, you uh, learned German and French in college. Why don't you go to school in Europe? And I went home and um, asked my mother very quietly. Uh, I said, uh, Dr. Mosley said I should think about going to school in Europe. And my mother said, why not? Hmm. And that was the beginning of my going to school in Europe. There was a a strong mom who was an encourager in your history. My mother was a rock. She was incredible. She was such a power in my life and and raised my brother without my father, much to the um, praise of all uh, of the people around us. Everybody extolled her virtues until the day she died. She was a she was incredible. Uh, Dr. Nichols, this is your personal story, but do you think it will be of interest to a wide audience? Who do you want to I, reach with this? I think that many people, especially uh, in the black and Hispanic community, have similar problems because I have discussed my book with many of my friends and people that I've met in the practice, in my medical practice, and they have similar stories of uh, the son or the daughter 
not for be, oh, being raised by a single parent, usually the mother. And they're wanting to know where their father or who their father was. And this will sh- surely give them a, uh, how do you say, impetus to even find out, to even begin the search. Because to me, it's important to have a whole family. And the underlying message that comes through, what do you think that is? What are they going to find most fascinating about your book and your read? I think that you should uh, be able to go out in the world and discover the world and find out where you can find your niche, find the place that you can grow up and thrive. For me, it was growing up in Europe for the years that I was there and how what a wonderful experience it was to get out of the Bronx and then to thrive on, based on that when I came back to the United States. And how long did it take? Have you been writing this for a number of years and just decided to publish it, or uh, what I is your have, story? I have been writing this for the last 20 years. 20 years. Did you have to do a lot of research to find some of the uh, missing clues to your history? Oh, my brother and I uh, uh, searched everywhere, and finally we were lucky that we found in the attic where my uh, mother's personal... Uh, uh, belongings were uh, a little paper that fell out while we were looking and it uh, it was the uh, social security document of my father amazing and with that we uh, we renewed the search uh, and came up with uh, documents and things that led us to the discovery of uh, what happened in, in Chapter 13, you, you have titled that Reflections, and in looking back, how would you describe your history and your story? Well, the story is of my life, and the life was um, of living without a father and growing up in search of a father, and then finally finding what happened to my father and what happened to others associated with my father, that made me think whether I, it was better that I didn't have a father hmm. and how different my life would have been if my father had stayed with us. Do you think you would have uh, gone into the medical profession had you had a, a traditional family? I couldn't say that. I mean, I was driven to be a doctor, as was my brother. But uh, we were just ambitious, um, ambitious. But I don't know how my father would have... Uh, uh, help that ambition or uh, help me uh, realize my dreams. I don't. I have no idea. Sure. I don't think. I don't think that. I don't think that he would have been as receptive as my mother, from what I have learned about him. As a child of uh, or, or or addressing biracial uh, relationships, what do parents do to encourage their children and 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 give them the confidence they need to be successful in life? Well, nowadays, uh, in the last 20 or 30 years of uh, my experience with it, I think it has been a a very good thing to raise a child biracially, i.e. proud of both cultures, and uh, and give him him the the benefits of all the both cultures provide. Absolutely. Great advice. I think it it makes a stronger individual. I believe that's true. Uh, you, you, I believe in hybrid vigor. <laughs> <laughs> now, you have, uh, because of the discovery of your, your father's past and some of the other things that you reveal in your book, did your family have any reactions to the discoveries? 
my family was just as astonished as as I was, as, as my brother and I were. And uh, what, what and who we discovered in our family was even a greater surprise. And it was a surprise for them also. Have other individuals, friends of yours, or our colleagues read your book, your memoir, and had any reaction to it? Oh, they think it was a great book. They think it was something that made them think of, well, they learned a lot about me, which I thought that I expressed in my daily life, but they didn't know. And uh, they found out about me, and even my brother was surprised to read the things that I thought, but I never expressed to him. There's a lot of hidden conversation in families. Uh, you know, I have uh, two older siblings, and I still discover things about them. In oh, yes, that, that's, that's amazing, because if you, uh, you can live with a person, but you really don't know them until you, unless you ask the right question, and if they're willing to talk about the question and give you an answer. Yes, and as the uh, husband of a wife that I've been married to since college days, I still don't understand her, so I just I just oh. throw that aside. <laughs> I still don't know her, uh, and it's been a long marriage so far. Uh, if you were to introduce this book to someone and get them interested, how would you do so? Well, I would like to tell them that uh, this is my memoir. This is my life, and uh, there, is so, there are many facets to it that I think uh, uh, would be interesting to read. I think that... Um, uh, even those who know me from my practice in New York would be interested to read what I thought of be, uh, being a pediatrician in New York and my thoughts about it. The people who I went to, to medical school with in Switzerland, they enjoyed my thoughts uh, and are commenting on them in the Alumni Association in Basel. Would you underscore or say to them, once you finish this, you may be inspired? I think I inspired at least three other doctors who I went to school with or who I know went to school in Europe, and they are beginning to write their own memoirs. In fact, one of my great uh, friends, uh, Dr. Benny Prim, is, has finished his uh, memoir, and it is published, and we both comment on similar um, things in the book. Uh, Dr. Nichols, where did you practice your medicine, and uh, what was the focus? I practiced medicine, pediatrics, in the Upper West Side and later in Harlem and uh, since 1970. And my, I still had the practice, although my daughter, who is now a pediatrician, is uh, gradually taking over the practice in Harlem. Well, congratulations. Now, you focused on, on families and children who perhaps were underserved. Yes. Uh, we were asked by St. Luke's Hospital and Roosevelt Hospital to uh, open the practice in Harlem, and that was 30 years ago. And uh, I have um, continued there. And we tried to mentor whole, uh, many children, and I worked there uh, with, also with the uh, Reverend Calvin Buss of the Abyssinian Baptist Church on 138th Street. In fact, I took care of his children and his grandchildren in the last 30 years. Phenomenal. Thank you for your practice and for a tower of hope that you have established in that community and how you have served those who are in need. 
This is a great idea, great read, because it's uh, a fascinating observation from the streets of New York, Brooklyn in particular, to a successful medical career. The title of the book, again, is Fade to White, a memoir. And the author, Dr. Edward A. Nichols, has joined me from the New York City area. Fifteen chapters, 210 pages or so. Uh, Dr. Nichols, where can my listeners get a copy of your book? They can get a copy of the book online at Amazon and also in iUniverse.com. Have you started a web page or a fan page yet? I have a web page associated with the uh, uh, Facebook, but now I am uh, getting another web page with Yahoo.com. Listeners, you can keep in touch with Dr. Nichols by uh, doing a search under his name, Edward A-N-I-C-H-O-L-S. MD, yes. and the title of the book, Fade to White, a memoir. This is a, a, a fascinating read because of uh, many of us have unusual family histories, and this is a way to perhaps address some of those questions we may have. Thank you for sharing your story. Are you planning to do a sequel to this or write another book? Yes, I'm already, I'm already writing the, the next uh, book. It will be a memoir continued. The story never ends. It doesn't end. Thank you, sir, for sharing your story and for inspiring others. Thank you again for joining me today on the program. Thank you, Jay Douglas. Thank you. My pleasure for iUniverse. This is Jay Douglas Barker. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is produced by TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge.